in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other, one scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. And Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. And welcome in to the Sportsocracy on this Thursday afternoon. Jeremy's so excited. He gets to see Mike White again tonight. Uh, you said his name wrong. It's Tom Brady 2.0. <laughs> uh, we got Thursday night football. Jeremy will have his picks at the end of the hour in the green on green. Can't possibly go any worse than last night, dude. Uh-huh. It's not physically possible. I cannot lose more games than I than I give picks for. Yeah, last night you lost them all. Oh, for oh yeah. Oh no. Last night's one of those nights that you look at and go, okay, maybe hubris comes shortly before the fall. Uh huh. Because I routinely said, man, these lines are stupid. Well, apparently <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> Feel like there should have been a torture ticket on that one. Oof. Oh, we'll go see you. We'll go see you eat some crawfish here pretty soon. No. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, if you have no idea what we're talking about, then shame on you. You missed the uh, morning show this morning, Sportsocracy, every weekday morning at 10 a.m. And anyway, we are going to get into uh, Thursday Night Football. We'll talk about Mr. Mike White, old White Lightning, Jersey Mike. Uh, it's Jersey Mike. Tom Brady 2.0, as Jeremy continues to call him. Best court, best quarterback in the league. No big deal. <laughs> Uh, college football coaching searches as well. TCU, that's a, that's an open job, and apparently there are a whole lot of people who are very interested in that job. Jeremy can't really wrap his head around it, so we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, why, why, why is it a, uh, an, an intriguing job for some big names in the, uh, coaching carousel? Also, Jones Angel, voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels, will join us here at four o'clock as we talk about the Tar Heels matchup coming up this weekend against the undefeated number one team in the ACC, Wake Forest. Man, that sounds weird. When, when you say it like that, it just sounds bizarre. It does, but it's it's 2021. What are you going to do about it? Best team in the, AS, or in the uh, ACC. <laughs> Best team in the ACC. Uh, anyhow, so last week in the NFL, we had uh, we had the week of the backup quarterback. And, you know, you had Mike White win and Geno Smith and Trevor Simeon doing things for the New Orleans Saints after Jameis Winston went out with the torn ACL. Cooper Rush winning a big one for the Dallas Cowboys. Old Tom Sawyer himself. And this week you've got the backup of all backups. Starting for the Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love. And there is no path that this goes well. No path? None. Zero There's path. no path that this goes well. I'm going to disagree with you, man. All right, explain it to me. Uh, okay, he's going up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> How can you say that? You haven't seen him on the field yet in a regular season game uh, other, than, other uh, than the mop-up duty against New Orleans in week one. Yeah, that's enough. That's really all I needed to see. In a game they had already given up in, you just, Jordan Love don't have it. Here's the thing. This is the worst case scenario possible for the Packers. Because now he's coming in on a short week Mm -hmm. 
because this didn't break until yesterday. Yesterday was Wednesday. So now you're going to have two days of live first-team reps, and you think this is not going to be a disaster. For Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers may have accidentally just given given himself the greatest job security in the history of time. Because you're going into a game that will be a shootout. Mm -hmm. Kansas City can still score points. Mm-hmm. That Green Bay defense is not particularly good. Right. And it's going to get put into some ugly situations by Jordan Love. So you're going to be chasing points with a guy that's played, had two days of first team reps. How could this possibly go awry? <laughs> oh, come on. He had all that buildup in the preseason where he took all the first team reps because Aaron Rodgers wasn't around. If I had a dollar for every quarterback that's gotten hype because of the preseason. Yeah. I would be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. This is worst case scenario for Green Bay. Because now you're going to lose all the leverage. As long as Jordan Love was that mysterious, nobody's seen it, Aaron Rodgers could still, in his head, there would have to be a line of, eventually they're going to tell me to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as you see Jordan Love, it's almost like Schrodinger's cat. There, there's there's an old scientific theory about Schrodinger's cat, and there's a cat in a box, mm-hmm. and until you open the lid on the box, the cat can either be alive or dead. Mm-hmm. I feel the exact same way about Jordan Love. Because for every time you tell me, oh, this could go so well, Kansas City's defense is so bad, mm-hmm. and they took him in the first round. Yeah, as somebody that watched hours upon hours of Jordan Love college tape, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> And you're about to open this box and find that, well, there's there's not a very good quarterback in give that us, box. G- give us your projection. What do you, for what, Jordan Love? Yeah, projection for Jordan Love against the Kansas City defense. If he doesn't get picked off twice, I'll be shocked. Okay. Because you got a coordinator here in Steve Spagnuolo that, you know, this defense is not good. Mm-hmm. Steve Spagnuolo still has Super Bowl rings. He's still a sharp guy. And you know what happens to quarterbacks that come from the whack? And then they play as the backup, and there's really no expectation. You're not getting first-team reps. You know what happens when you slide into an NFL game? What's that? Real quick, they go, man, everybody out here is way faster than I remember. Right. That's all you have to do. All you have to do is throw things at him that you don't think he's prepared for. Mm -hmm. Underneath flat coverage. And get him to not trust what he's seeing. And then then it all comes tumbling after. Right. I've been asked multiple times, what do you think is going to happen to Aaron Rodgers? And I know other shows have been talking about this. Sorry, that's not what we do. What do you think is going to happen? What I think is going to happen, I think uh, 10 days from now, he's going to walk back in the building and they're going to go, thank God you're back. We missed you a lot. Oh, you're not mad that I lied? Nope, because we knew. Yeah. The NFL will sanction the Packers and nothing else is going to happen. Aaron Rodgers lied. That That is the dumbest thing that I have heard or read over the last two days. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers lied to us. He said that he was immunized, and we all meant, we all thought he meant vaccinated. Well, well okay. Well, that's your fault. I mean, you can say whatever you want to. Because for every article that's out there about, oh, Aaron Rodgers misled the Packers and misled the NFL and misled the public and misled the media, there's another article that says everybody knew this. He even petitioned the league 
because he did some kind of uh, home holistic. remedy. Yeah, he did some kind of a holistic uh, immunization process and tried to get the league to get on board with it and say, yeah, that's good enough. That's equal to, an, to a vaccination. And what did the league say? No. no. No, it's not. The league said no, and they've been treating him like he's an unvaccinated player all this time. Now, on the other hand, he hasn't been following the protocols. And it appears that no one cared because uh, everybody. Kn- follow- now, now you're being a little disingenuous mm-hmm. there because like, allegedly he was following all the protocols behind closed doors. You know, all the things that you don't have tape to prove that he wasn't. He just wasn't wearing when he did press conferences. Mm-hmm. He apparently didn't want to wear the mask mm-hmm. because he didn't. You know, mm-hmm. And that's not following the protocol. Well, and that's fine. And that's on the, that's okay. on the Packers. And the Packers are going to pay a fine. I'm sure they will. And are. nobody's going to care. Exactly. That'll be one of those little AP stories that breaks and we all go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. They they find the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. You, you remember that? Right. Okay. That's the extent of that. Yeah. Here oh, we, go. we go. Moving on. Um, oh, why is he not wearing a face? Or why is he not wearing his mask on the sidelines? It's because he was playing. The NFL protocols actually state that if you are in uniform and you are playing in the game, despite if you're vaccinated or not, you don't have to wear the mask. Yeah, that's now, not a violation. If you're on the sideline and you're not playing in the game, that's when you have to wear the mask. You know, as soon as I read up on this and I saw everybody throwing out this, oh, Aaron Rodgers lied to everybody. I, you know, I did the I did the uh, the old school reporter thing. Went and gathered a whole bunch of information from a lot of different sources. Uh, guess what? Lo and behold, it comes out that no, everybody knew. I mean, the public might not have known. The media may not have known. And here's and the, the media and the, and the Green Bay media probably assumed that he was vaccinated because of the immunized thing. Uh, and because he didn't have to follow the protocols that other non-vaccinated players have to follow with their press conferences. So they all thought, well, everybody's on board here. Guess what? Sorry about your luck, but guess you don't deserve the right to know media. Yeah, and we are media. And guess what? Don't I, care. I don't care. I don't care. You didn't lie. And you know why? Because we didn't ask. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Right. And I have literally heard sports shows go round and round. Oh, is this? I don't care. It is none of my business right. what he does. If the Packers are mad... They're entitled to be mm-hmm, mad. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're the ones that did it. Mm-hmm. So, you want to know why we don't talk about things like, do you hear how monotonous this whole two minutes has been? Mm-hmm. Of Because nobody cares. You're going to do what you're going to do. Nothing that we're going to say. We can sit here and get as angry about Aaron Rodgers and, oh, he's a liar. And, oh, it's the worst thing. And you know what that's going to change? Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing. Nothing. Not one thing. Right. It will not change one iota of an anything. Mm-hmm. But now... As sports guys, because we here's here's what we talk about. We talk about how is this going to affect the product on the field, mm-hmm. and there's you're going to find out because well, it's going to be terrible, and it's going to have ramifications. I don't know that it's, gonna it's going to be as terrible as you think. Explain to me how it's not. Okay, if I'm Matt Lafleur and I now know that I have to trot Jordan Love out there as my starting quarterback. I'm not going for Blake Bortles. I, that's an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. He's not going to whatever. Um, I'm going to treat this like Kevin Stefanski treats Baker Mayfield. I'm going to limit every opportunity I possibly can to have him screw this game up for and us. And here's where that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. I'll put seven in the box and go, Aaron Jones is not beating me. Mm-hmm. 
Devontae Adams. I'll go one-on-one with Devontae Adams. You know why? Because I'm not scared you can get him the ball. <laughs> he can run it's, every great It's not like he doesn't have you, an arm, though. No, but he makes very bad decisions. I went back yesterday and looked at my, my draft profile on Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. And without you know going too deep diving, it was basically, yeah, he's got a great arm. His arm's fantastic. He threw double-digit interceptions in the whack. Yes. Do you think he got better just sitting around on the bench? you think his decision-making got better? Really? Mm-hmm. Because I don't. And so now you're thrust into this, which is absolutely the worst-case scenario. And you know what it tells me? You know what my, my overreaching take on all this was? What's that? There's no shot Aaron Rodgers not the quarterback of this team next year. No. None. None. No. Because now you get to see it. Mm-hmm. And when you do see it, you're going to see exactly why Green Bay brought in Randall Cobb and exactly why Green Bay did everything that Aaron asked. Because they know. They've told you. They've told you the answer to this question. Whether you want to listen or not, totally up to you. Mm-hmm. They've told you the answer to this. Aaron Rodgers has become one of the one of the most kooky individuals in the world. And you know what they did? Oh, Aaron, you want, you want Randall Cobb? But we don't think he's very right. good and he doesn't fit in Matt LaFleur's offense. Yeah, well, I want him. Cool, go get him. <laughs> and if anything, he could play back. He could play quarterback. And Matt LaFleur, <laughs> you're going to need to figure this out. Oh, I will. I don't know where you would find a prop like this. Mm-hmm. If there's a prop bet somewhere, number of passes Randall Cobb throws this week, it would be half of a pass. I would bet anything under the sun that that number is above one. That Randall Cobb throws one more than more. one pass. I, I would that he throws at least one. Yeah. Because they're going to pull out every stop. Mm-hmm. Because you have to keep up. Mm-hmm. You have to keep up. And this is the, the the narrative that, oh, look at the backups and Mike White. Let me be really honest with you about Mike White. Okay, I'm a Jets fan, and I've had a lot of fun with Tom Brady 2.0. And it only took him one game to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Right. He's still not a good NFL quarterback. He was average at best. Oh, he threw for 400 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I don't care about yards. Mm-hmm. He was an average quarterback that made two horrendously bad decisions. Backup quarterbacks in this league are backups for a reason. And Jordan Love is not even a particularly good backup. So now you go into a game that's going to be high scoring. I don't remember what the over-under on this game is, but I promise you it's over 50. Okay. I'm actually going to look it up right now because I promise you it's over 50. (laughs) All right. Unless it just got oh, it got grossly bet down when Jordan Love, whew, he went from fifty four to forty eight in a day. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? Does they know you the, the offense is going to be loaded? Is going this is going to end badly? Yeah, they they know that the offense is gonna is going to be lacking in a big way. And I'm not saying that it's not. I'm not saying Jordan Love has a chance to come out against the Kansas City Chiefs and be, you know, Mike White from last week throws for 500 or 400 yards and three touchdowns or whatever it was that he threw for. Like, all I'm saying is against this defense, we might take a couple of shots during the game, but for the most part, it's going to be the Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon show. And that won't work. Because all I have to do is stack seven in the box, and you don't block particularly well. Mm-hmm. The beauty of this is that Aaron always keeps you on your toes because he could pop you at any given time. What was the line on this game before Aaron Rodgers went out? 
Uh, had to be Green Bay minus six and a half. You were wrong at Green Bay. It was a pick em. Really? What's the line now? Kansas City minus four. Kansas City minus seven and a half. Oh, okay. Aaron Rodgers was worth a touchdown. Mm-hmm. There are not many players in this league that are worth a touchdown. Right. But he is. And now this is going to go terribly sideways. Uh, we have a comment on our YouTube stream of uh, about uh, Henry Ruggs with him being gone. Mm-hmm. How did that not move the line? Because there's probably not five players in the NFL that don't play quarterback that will move a line even half a point. Mm-hmm. Solely because it doesn't matter. But then you see a quarterback, the level of Aaron Rodgers, going down just to Jordan Love. Right. First round pick. Right. Moved it by a full touchdown. And I got news for you. It's going to move more. Mm-hmm. This will be a double-digit spread in places before this game kicks off. And I'll still take Kansas City. I don't care if you told me this was Kansas City minus 13 and a half. Really? All the way in. Because they are going to get smoked. This is the definition of what people like me, mm-hmm. you know, whether you call them to cause gamblers, degenerates, whatever words you want to use for us. Right. This is one of those things where we look at it and go, you can't move that number enough. There's nothing you can do that will take me off of this. Because you took the absolutely the engine out of the car. Mm-hmm. And so now, oh, it's a pretty car. It's got leather seats. Aaron Jones, he's leather seats. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams, he's a moonroof. There's no engine in the car. I don't care. It's not going to go anywhere. Right. It's a glorified hood ornament at this point. It's a door stopper. And that's how this is going to go. You're in the Sportsocracy. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. Welcome, everybody, into the Sportsocracy, by the way. Yeah, check us out on the YouTube stream. You can join the comment section as well. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button on the YouTube stream. And, uh, yeah, so backup quarterbacks, very, very important. Last week was the the weekend of the backup quarterback. Mm, But... Who has the advantage? Who has the advantage in the NFL as far as backup quarterbacks are concerned? We'll talk about that coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville. Join the action as the Asheville Championship takes place at Harris Cherokee Center Asheville on November 12th and 14th. The tournament will feature Minnesota, Princeton, South Carolina, and Western Kentucky as the inaugural field. Get your tickets now at all Ingalls Markets locations. Be part of the action and follow along as it all starts in Asheville. Don't miss the inaugural Asheville Championship, November 12th and 14th at Harrow's Cherokee Center, Asheville. Responsibly. The Sportsocracy. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, Cot? Right you are. NTSPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. This hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings. Don't forget, it's your local Ingles store today. You can pick up uh, tickets for the Asheville Championship. Coming we up will up. be there next Friday. We will. We will be there next Friday doing our show live from the Harris-Cherokee Center, Asheville, uh, from 3 to 5. Uh, we will also be broadcasting all of the games here on ESPN Asheville. Uh, both sessions, the uh, Friday session on the 12th, and then the Sunday session on the 14th, you can get your tickets today at Ingalls Markets. Now, backup quarterbacks, very important in the NFL, as last week showed. 
Mike White comes in very surprisingly, and old White Lightning, hundred and five or four hundred and five passing yards. I really want to be wrong about this, but I have a funny feeling his stat line is going to look like target practice tomorrow. What do you mean? I, I just find it funny how much people overreact. Mm-hmm. Now this is a kid you've got tape on, mm-hmm. and it's a short week. Mm-hmm. I I really want to think that the Jets are going to come out and look really good but i don't know that they will i don't know that they will <laughs> it tells me everything i need to know that vegas said this is a 14 point spread mm-hmm. to start with mm-hmm. it's been bet down because the jets beat the cincinnati Bengals last week it's also been bet down because the culture just flat out not good not good they're not a good football team i mean they're not good. You can try to Come defend on. them all you want to. They're not good. Carson <laughs> Wentz is not good. They have a receiver mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. It's Michael Pittman mm-hmm. and what? Zach Pascal? Mm-hmm. I'm good. The defense is okay, especially in the front seven. Mm-hmm. But there's just not a lot to like. I mean, I, I'll, I like pick, I'll be picking this game in the next segment. You'll yeah. see exactly how I feel like this is going to go. Yeah. I, I guess I like them a little bit better than you do. I'm not. Uh, I'm not burying them. I think they're by far the better team uh, in tonight's matchup. Tank kind of likes a team and is being nice to them. Who's shot? <laughs> Captain participation trophies being nice oh, to somebody. Stop that. I've always said participation. I've always said if you had been a teacher and, and I could have taken your class, mm-hmm. my GPA would have been a lot higher. Maybe. Oh, you tried. Let's give you a C. <laughs> There's a drool state on the top of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find it funny coming from the guy who was like, oh, yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz, you agree, he's been playing better the last, what, six weeks? And they just lost solely because of him. Okay. Solely because of him. Oh, he played better against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. What? Well, that, that counts for something. They're still not good. That team's still not good. They're inconsistent. Mm-hmm. This is short week. Mm-hmm. I am trying my best to not tip off what it is that I'm going to say <laughs> in the next segment. <laughs> He'll have your green on green picks of the night coming up in the next segment, of course, uh, right here on ESPN Asheville. Look, I, I'm not saying the Indianapolis Colts are a great team, but I do agree with you. We're going way overboard on this whole Mike White thing. It was a whole article David Carr wrote today on NFL.com that was talking about Mike White. And he was like, I love the kid. And there's something to be said for having a guy who's got locker room experience. Mike White's been in the league for four years. He's been watching starting quarterbacks prepare for games for four years. There's something to be said for that. He wrote that he wishes when he came into the league as the number one pick of the Houston Texans back in 2002 that he wishes he wouldn't have had to start immediately because he didn't get that experience. Well, and because his line looked strikingly like me, you, and three dudes that looked exactly like us. Right. But he's saying, as you know, as somebody who hasn't had that experience, I mean, that might be a big reason why Mike White did what he did last week. The reason that Mike White did what he did last week is very simple. Mm-hmm. And it's very much the reason that I that, that we started this show with 
my derision on what's going to happen to Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple other situations in this league that I think play into this. One of them's in Arizona. Yeah. To me, there is no reason for Kyler Murray to play this week at all. You know why? Why? Because you have Colt McCoy sitting behind him, mm-hmm. who's been in the NFL, and he knows what it takes, and he's done this plenty of times. And there's one other element that Jordan Love doesn't have. We'll tell you what it is after just a bit outside. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, there's a big uproar in Englewood, California, over a, quote, classless move that was made by one high school last week, last Friday night. It was Englewood High School against Morningside High School. Englewood has one of the best quarterbacks in the state. He's already committed to go to UCLA. They were the far superior team, and when they played Morningside High School, they showed it. They were up 59 to nothing at halftime. The game ended with Englewood coming out on top 106 to zilch. You. Yes. Uh, that has sparked an investigation by the Englewood County Schools or whatever the association is that they play for. Um, they're doing an investigation to find out why this happened and why the UCLA commit star quarterback was on the field for the entire game. And not only was he out there for the entire game, but they also went for two when they were up 104 to nothing. And he threw a two-point conversion. Hey, I can sympathize with that. In our open, uh, you, you hear about a game <laughs> where I played against Steph Curry. I did, and I had six points. Yeah, We lost 100 to 12. Mm-hmm. And they put the starters back in with two minutes. By the right. way, they full court presses the entire game. And they put the starters back in with two minutes left to break 100. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I have no problem with that. None. None at all. None. I have no problem with that. <laughs> Maybe it's the, you know, the, the old school in me. But if you want to stop me, mm-hmm. stop me. Now, come on. There comes a point. In every the, game. The only thing you've said so far that I had a problem with was the going for two. Yes. That's the going what I'm talking for about. Two is, okay, now you're just being a jerk. Right. Right. You're up 104 to nothing, and now you go for two? Why? What possible reason could you have to go for two? Well, I mean, that's a very good lesson in life. In life, they will never just look at The world will never look at you and go, <laughs> we've done enough. If you need proof positive of that, look at my 20s. Right. I don't know. Look, as much as Jeremy likes to say it, I'm not the participation trophy guy. However, I am a Mm. sportsmanship guy, Mm. and this is not sportsmanship. You're a little bit of a participation trophy. You're way more participation trophy than I am. Oh, there's no doubt about it. There's I mean, probably not five people in this city that are less participation trophy than exactly, I am. exactly. Uh, I'm just a little uh, a little lighter shade of competition than you are. Um, Look, I, I I never I never willfully tried to embarrass anybody, and this is exactly what this is. And see, that's where I have the problem: is the two point conversion. Yeah. You want to keep scoring points? You want to leave the starters in? That's mm-hmm. fine. I have no idea what's behind this kid. Their backup quarterback might be their kicker. What does it matter if you're up 
A hundred to nothing. Well, if it's what I just said, it's very simple. You can't risk getting your kicker hurt. Oh, I'll be honest I see with what you're saying. Some of the things I've seen, there are high school football teams out there that have like 25 players. <laughs> right. Now, do I think that's the situation here? No. I doubt it. It's Englewood, California. I'm pretty sure they've got some good athletes on that team. Yeah. They may not have a lot. They may of them, not. But... They may not. But at that point, I mean, you could throw in the third string left tackle and have him start throwing balls. It does not matter at that point. You went for, you matters. left your UCLA commit quarterback in for the entire game and had him go for two up 104 to nothing. And I had no problem with that. It is, you said went for two. It is absolutely classless. That part is, I, I would agree. That yeah. part is classless. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that in this investigation, the coach is probably going to lose his job. There will because there is oh, a massive. There is happen. a oh come on, that's not going to happen. No, there is a massive outcry in the community about this, and I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a move that could definitely get a coach fired. And no, it's not. Well, in the world we currently live in, you, you might be right. Thank you. You want to know why? I'm not I saying it's right. I'm saying that's how the world works. You want to know why I talk for a living and don't do these things anymore? Because there would be a lot of people that had outcries about me, too. Speaking of outcries, Mm -hmm. there was an outcry from the Boston Celtics after a horrible, just fall-apart fourth quarter against the Chicago Bulls, Mm -hmm. which led point guard Marcus Smart to come out and say, basically that Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum need to learn to, oh, I don't know, Pass the ball. Well, this led to a players-only meeting mm-hmm. before last night's ninety-two seventy-nine win over the Orlando Magic. I told you there are weird things happening with Boston, and I said that before the Chicago game ever happened. Mm-hmm. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out what discernible offense they actually run. I don't know that I've ever seen anything like it. I know basketball pretty well. And I've watched some just some you know chopped up spots of of Celtic games, four minute runs where all the starters are on the floor. Mm-hmm. I cannot find any discernible offense whatsoever, and it's just it's clunky and it's weird. And then I remembered, oh yeah, what was that thing that happened? Brad Stevens not the coach anymore. Mm-hmm. It just shows, in my opinion, it shows how good of a coach Brad Stevens actually was to keep all of these alpha type A personalities in check Mm -hmm. because you have a lot of them in in Boston. Right. And I'm not trying to slight uh, Amy Doken. Yeah. I think the world of him. Mm -hmm. You're not Brad Stevens. And it has shown egregiously through eight games. Yeah. So you think this is a. No turn back point. Well, I even thought with Brad Stevens, there were times that I would watch offensive sets and just go, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. It's one thing when you have a sedentary offense, but then there's also unnecessary movement. Mm -hmm. Movement that doesn't actually yield anything. And I saw some of that with the Celtics. I saw less of it with Brad Stevens than I'm seeing now. Right. Now there are times that I'm like, you know, if I just used my little pen here and followed you around, it would just go in a great big circle. <laughs> That's not offense. It's not offense. Um, oh, wow. That's a great comment in our uh, YouTube comment section. It says, uh, we are talking about California after all. I'm Canadian, and I know that that's a cupcake state. 
You said that, not me, but I also did not vehemently disagree with you. <laughs> Good comment, Safwan. You can join the comment section, by the way. Just go over to uh, youtube.com slash thesportsocracy and uh, hit the subscribe button. Get in on the YouTube uh, comment section during the show, and you, too, can have your best comments read right here on the air. Interactive yeah. at its best. Oh, by the way, that quarterback from the game threw 13 touchdown passes. Yeah. That was too shy of the record. And here's the thing. The it, national it, record, by the way. Yeah, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is there anything short of that that we would have talked about that? Anything short of what? A- anything short of throwing 13 touchdown passes and winning 106 to nothing. Oh, you think that's what this was? This is a ploy to get people to talk about the Inglewood High School program? Was. I 100% know that's what it was. Okay. You figure out at halftime, hey, we scored a billion. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you we can make some headlines if we scored two billion. All right. Because that's the world we live in. Everything yeah. has to trend. <laughs> well, as somebody there is such trended, a th- there I is, will tell you, it's not all it's cracked up I was going to say, there is such a thing as bad publicity. Some people just need to learn that. Yeah, but what school did you say this was? Englewood High School. Is it private or public? Uh, yeah, I think it's public. Okay. That kind of takes that away. I was about to say, if this is a school that recruits players, I can 100% tell you where this came from. No, because because that school and Morningside are under the same athletic district association. So that that changes that a little bit. Yeah, so I believe it is a public school. Anyhow, we're talking about uh, backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And Jeremy just doesn't believe that Jordan Love can... Can what can can have any kind of a showing this week that will show people that he can play in this league? I think he's going to be borderline horrendous. And here's the thing: most quarterbacks are horrendous in their in their first start. Most oh, okay, of them yeah, are yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. I went all the way back to 2008. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many quarterbacks in that amount of time? And it's a lot of them. We're not. I'll even say average. Russell Wilson was right at 50% completion percentage. Mm -hmm. And it goes on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Oh, but he's not a rookie. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. In terms of uh, snaps he's gotten with the first team, in terms of playing experience, in terms of going in as the guy, in terms of preparation, yeah, he's a rookie. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't play at all last year. And he had seven snaps in week one. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all he's taken as an NFL quarterback. The vast majority of quarterbacks in their first start are are average to bad. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, you get a Cam Newton that was, he was pretty special in his first start. Oh, yeah. As was Mike White. Tom Brady (laughs) 2.0. Reigning NFL Offensive Player of the Week and FedEx Air Player of the Week. And the Nickelodeon Valuable Player of the Week. And he's in the Hall of Fame. He is in the Hall of Fame. First quarterback from the Jets to be in the Hall of Fame in my lifetime. (laughs) That's right. They took his his cleats and his jersey, I believe it was, from last week. Yeah. But if you look around the league, there's a reason. So Mitchell Trubisky on trade deadline day, mm-hmm. that became a narrative. Yep. That the Saints are chasing Trubisky, the Washington football team. Why did Buffalo look at them and go, nope? 
Because, because what are you going to replace him right, with? Right, because you don't give up a good backup quarterback. There is a reason they're paying him $5 million a year to hold a clipboard. Bingo. He's because the answer to the question. if anything happens. He's the answer to the question, by the way. Best quarterback in the league? Best, best backup, backup quarterback, quarterback in the league. I would argue there's a slew of them. Mm, okay. Who else would you put in that category? Colt McCoy. The exact one I was talking about with Arizona. You don't risk it with Kyler Murray when mm-hmm. you have a quarterback like that sitting back there. Is there a possibility that you lose? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, because he's bad. He's not bad. He's the definition of average. If you looked up average in the dictionary, Colt McCoy's picture is sitting right beside it. <laughs> right next to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Baker Mayfield falls into that, too. Mm-hmm. Shockingly enough, Mariota. starting quarterbacks for the Browns. And Chad Henney. And Mike Glennon. I could do this for a minute. Solely right. because I have a list pulled up in front of me. Mm-hmm. As do I, and they're, and those guys are on the list of best backup quarterbacks. But I felt like since Buffalo made the signing of Mitch Trubisky, that's the best one. That They are in the best quarterback room situation, I believe, in the NFL. See, and to me, that's... As long as you've got a vet, mm-hmm. I really don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. I look at the New England Patriots and go, Brian Hoyer, if you remember over the offseason, I was the first one saying, Cam Newton ain't going to make this team. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because he's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer is not a distraction, but he's a vet. And if something goes completely sideways, that's a guy that can play. Right. He knows how to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Jordan Love doesn't. Mm-hmm. Now, is there, and I've seen several people say, well, isn't there something to him getting snaps? I'm going to level with you. If something happened to Aaron Rodgers, let's just say he decides he wants to whack surfboards or go play his ukulele or whatever it is that Aaron Rodgers would decide to do. <laughs> That's the most overrated narrative in the history of time. <laughs> whatever he decides right, to do. Right. Green Bay's doomed anyway. I don't care how many snaps he's had mm-hmm. because you're going to see just exactly. I personally, I've never seen a player in NFL history more important to their team than Aaron Rodgers is. That's quite a statement. Ever, I've never seen one, and I've tried. I've been trying for a full day mm-hmm. to find one. Because really, be honest with yourself. Who else is really good on this team? Take out Devontae Adams and take out Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. The team that's going to take the field Sunday. How many high-level players do they actually have? I Not got many. four that were above average. Right. That's not a good team. They're currently either the second or third best team in the NFC to virtually everyone. Mm -hmm. And it is 99.6% because of Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) So you take that away. You take the catalyst away. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to happen? A tragedy, which is what this will be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I feel I, something stupid coming on. Oh, I did. Oh, please do it. I've already got you. It was sobbing. What stupid thing can I get you to do next? Uh, we settled that this morning, didn't we? It's going to be uh, chitlins versus crawfish. Yeah, but we got we got to get away from food. We can save that one for later. Why? Plus, somebody's going to have to find where you would actually get a crawfish in the city. Look, I have a very high seafood criteria. Mm. I, I'm not eating a frozen crawfish. That's not happening. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you hit me in the head with a wiffle ball bat before There's I There's got up. to be a restaurant. There's got to be a restaurant around here that has crawfish. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, we'll but find I it. it. I need it to have been alive, you know, this week.
I don't need this to be a crawfish that went out around election time. That's not, that doesn't really appeal to me. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that you're so picky about that. I, I, my wife will tell you, seafood, mm-hmm. I will not touch seafood. If I, if I can't comfortably get to the body of water it came out of, right. of which the only body of water I can comfortably get to here is Lake Julian, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pass. Mm-hmm. You find me a crawfish out of Lake Julian? I, no, sir. I, no, sir, I will not. No, I'm not. Uh, I like the I, I like the food challenges on the uh, on the torture ticket. Um, I'm not a big fan of the. Well, we've only really discussed one possible punishment. Yeah, yeah, you can't say it on this. Show. I can't say it on this show, and I'm all the way out. Like, there's no way that I am doing that. No, I. Am, you are not I, going I am, to. I'm not going to put you in a position to physically harm me in any way. I would never do that. <laughs> I am a very docile creature. Wow. I don't know that there's ever been a bigger lie come out of your mouth. Okay. Maybe I don't know what the word docile means. <laughs> anyway, it's obvious that it's very important to have a backup quarterback that you trust in the NFL. So when tragedy strikes your team and Dak Prescott can't go, you've got a Cooper Rush that you can just, you know, just the just not let him screw up the game. Can Jordan Love be that guy for the Green Bay Packers? I say it remains to be seen. I understand that he's not great. He's not good. We've talked about this ad nauseum. What's going to happen? All the talks that we had in the offseason about what's going to happen if Aaron Rodgers retires. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are screwed. However, I do feel like there is... Uh, there is some opportunity this weekend as he's not getting a ferocious defense. I don't care if he was playing against Fresno State. Mm-hmm. I would still say this might not go well. Over or under 200 yards passing? Not really a stat I care about. Uh, in this I mean, oh, don't worry. We're, we're, I'm going to go down the path here. He'll probably go over, but I don't think it's by much. Okay, over or under two touchdown passes? Under. Okay. Over or under one rushing touchdown. I think that's probably a push. Probably a push. So if he goes 225, one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, and it's a close game, will that not be a successful spot start? I'm going to I'm going to answer that with a limerick. Okay. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Because that is not going to happen. Because if he throws for 220 mm-hmm. with one passing, one throwing, mm-hmm. they probably get beat 45 to 14. Which would be shocking because the uh, Kansas City offense hasn't been able to do that all year long. They've also not been put in as positive of a situations as they will by Mr. Love. Because what you didn't ask me was over or under two and a half interceptions and i'll take the over because they have nowhere else to go there ain't nobody on that defense that could pick him off that much tyron matthew do it twice by himself oh you think so uh sneed is a good corner in this league Mm -hmm. they have players i just it's comical to me that you see a bad defense that's been that's been beaten sideways by good quarterbacks and you don't okay 
what? They played one of the toughest schedules. No, I was I was thinking that was that was not me rolling oh, was, my eyes. That I was, was me trying to, to like, think what quarterbacks have they faced. If I remember correctly, they've played the fourth toughest schedule in the NFL. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that they played cupcakes. I'm not saying they're out here losing every week to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. And I'm saying Jordan Love with the Green Bay Packers is mm-hmm. pretty close to that. Wow. All right. We shall see. Green on green picks are coming up next. It's Thursday night football. You got NBA picks. We got a monkey knife fight as well. Coming your way next right here on ESPN. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. St. Nicholas and my family. They'll all be here. The holidays are coming, and so are the guests. Are you sure your home's ready? Let Over the Moon Cleaning Services do the heavy lifting for you. Right now, Over the Moon is offering Sportsocracy listeners 20% off a deep clean when you schedule bi-weekly or weekly cleanings. Call them today at 585-0146 and book a free estimate. 585-0146. Get him the money! Then we get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then we get the power. Then you get the work. Well, last night didn't quite go my way. Wah, wah. There were some bad lines in Vegas, or at least so I thought, and proof positive of why there are gold fixtures in Las Vegas. Tonight I got two more bad lines that I think are just ridiculous, so let's try it again. The first one, the Philadelphia 76ers are only a three-and-a-half-point dog at Detroit. When I saw that, I went, surely Joel Embiid's not playing. No, he is. Huh. Andre Drummond's playing, too. They only have 10 players. That's really all they need. Detroit is one of the worst teams I have ever seen in my life. I'm taking the Sixers minus the three and a half. I did this about a week ago, and it worked swimmingly for a week or for a quarter. Then it all came tumbling after. The Los Angeles Lakers are a ten and a half point favorite against the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Well, let's just lather it up and do it again. No LeBron tonight. I think you'll see more of what happened in the first quarter as opposed to what happened in the last three. When they couldn't hit water off a boat, I'm taking the L.A. Lakers. Minus ten and a half. Finally, my New York Jets with Tom Brady 2.0 Mike White play on Thursday night football at the Indianapolis Colts. The Jets are a ten-point dog. The over-under is 45. I am taking my Jets to cover this number solely because I don't think the Indianapolis Colts are that good. You'll see a regression from Mike White. I think you'll still be fine. What I'm more interested in, over the 45. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Didn't you bet on the Pistons last night or against the Pistons last night? Okay, just, okay. All right, I'm just, I was That's just actually curious. part of this. I can't physically believe that they could cover a spread two nights in a row. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought they could have covered a spread against a college team. So, right. you know what? Look, okay, okay, just, okay, we're doing it again. Well, there's Daily Fantasy Sports, Daily Fantasy Props. To find, yeah, I screwed Mouth that one up big time. Wow. Daily fantasy sports prop bets. Yeah, there, there you, go. you go. All a lot of fun over at monkeyknifefight.com. Just go to monkeyknifefight.com. Set yourself up an account today. When you make your initial deposit, they will match it up to $50 and give you a $5 free play. All you got to do is use our promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, at monkeyknifefight.com. What's the game tonight? Tonight. I'm playing the more or less 3.66 multiplier between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Uh, I will take less than 25 and a half points for Jason Tatum. I think he will take to heart the, hey, maybe you should pass 
and somebody else is going to have a big game tonight. Mm-hmm. Plus, he'll be defended in large part by Jimmy Butler. And I will take over 22.5 points for Jimmy Butler. That will take your $20 buy-in and turn it into a $72 prize. The news has not been good for the Green Bay Packers this week. Obviously, finding out that Aaron Rodgers is going to miss this week because of uh, the coronavirus. However, they did get some good news today. Devontae Adams will be back. And Joe Barry, their defensive coordinator, is going to be back as well. So, I mean, at least there is some positive news. At least they will have a front row seat to the devastation that is going to be what Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to do to them. <laughs> Throwing a lot of faith into those Kansas City Chiefs. Is this the is this the flip the switch game? Uh it's it could very well could be. Yeah. I don't think they're going to flip the switch. I just don't think Green Bay can stop them. Mm-hmm. And whether you agree with me or disagree with me, you can take all of the picks from this segment, or you can take the Green Bay Packers if you just like setting money on fire. Go to betus.com. Use promo code SPORTSOCRACY. They will give you a 125% deposit match. What that means is if you put in $100, they will give you 125 in free play tokens that you can play any game. The NBA, the NFL, hockey, if you so want to. You can anything at betus.com. We'll have Jones Angel, voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels, joining us next to talk about the Wake Forest game coming up this weekend. Stick around. Join the action as the Asheville Championship takes place at Harris Cherokee Center, Asheville, on November 12th and 14th. The tournament will feature Minnesota, Princeton, South Carolina, and Western Kentucky as the inaugural field. Get your tickets now at all Ingalls Markets locations. Be part of the action and follow along as it all starts in Asheville. Don't miss the inaugural Asheville Championship, November 12th and 14th at Harrow's Cherokee Center. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Wicked Weed Brewing. And welcome back in to the Ingalls studio. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green is alongside, and we are getting ready for Tar Heel time with Jones Angel. The second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different. We uh, also like to welcome everybody into the YouTube stream. Yes, now you can see our beautiful faces, uh, not as uh, not just here our beautiful voices every day. Uh, go to the sportsocracy.com. Check us out there. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel as well. North Carolina Tar Heels last week. Couldn't get the upset win over Notre Dame, but there are a lot of positives to take away from the 10-point loss on the road in South Bend. Joining us now, the voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels, who you hear here on ESPN Asheville for every UNC football game and basketball game. Basketball season coming right around the corner, but we're all in football mode now that things are back to 500. How you doing, Jones? Thank you. Well, uh, appreciate you having me on. And, yeah, what a... Uh what an odd game in the fact that I think if if you'd have told me that Carolina was going to gain more than 550 yards and put up 34 points and Sam Howell was going to throw for 341 and rush for 101 and you know, a bunch of different guys would get involved in the offense. Ty Chandler would have a good day. Antoine Green have five catches. Josh Downs 
doing his thing, you know, I would think that Carolina had a good chance to win that game. And Tar Heels did. You know, they had the ball down four early in the fourth quarter, but uh, that sequence early in the fourth where Notre Dame hit the long run, Carolina turned it over, and then Notre Dame added a field goal and in just a short amount of time. All of a sudden, it was a 14-point game. You know, that was the difference in the game. But big picture, encouraging game offensively, discouraging defensively. Carolina's got to figure out a way to get off the field more often. I know it isn't easy in today's college football, if you're not Georgia, to uh, to get stops consistently. But Tar has got to figure out a way to be better than they were this past weekend on that side of the ball. Yeah, it's, uh, you know there are some defensive concerns, of course, but you got to feel you got to feel pretty good about seeing what they were able to do offensively and get so many other guys involved. That's been one of the big criticisms of this team this year is that it's Josh Downs and, you know, every now and then you got good runs by Ty Chandler. And But, I mean, for Sam to be able to spread the ball around like he did, I thought that was a, that was a big... A big step, especially when you see you've got uh, you know three games coming up here at the end of the schedule that are going to be really really tough. Well, I think it it just shows that the offense has continued to improve, and I, I think the offense has kind of quietly been getting better as the year has gone along. But it really showed off in this past game, you know, between you know them get Carolina get a little bit healthier on that offensive line particularly at the center position that's been really important um the Tar Heels getting a little more physical in the run game I, I think Ty Chandler's really turned into uh, a really good player for Carolina after a couple of weeks of just figuring out you know where he fit into things with the Tar Heels and yeah he's really become a consistently good player at that spot um you mentioned hitting the ball Justin Olsen had a couple catches, and Josh Downs still had 10. And that's what we were talking about last week, Tank, that it, it doesn't, you're not just doing that just to change the numbers. It's to help Josh Downs continue to be successful by getting other, other guys in the mix. And, right. and I think you saw that this past week is that when other guys are involved, it is easier for Josh Downs to continue to put up the type of numbers that he's been putting up. So I, I thought that was really encouraging for Carolina. Um, and Sam Howe has, even though I know the perception is that he hasn't been terrific, I, I just think he's continued to, to put the Tar Heels on his back. I mean, he's accounting for 72% of Carolina's offensive yards this year between passing and rushing. That's an enormous number. So uh, I, I thought really encouraging all the way around on that side of the ball for sure. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, we, we've been talking about that. This will be like the third time that I've talked about this today. But um, I, you know, I think it's hilarious the people who talk about how big of a step back, quote unquote, that Sam Howell has taken this year, and that's just not true. Um, the fact that he has more on his shoulders with this team and is continuing to put up big numbers, I think, is a show that you know there's there's a lot to that kid more than just stepping back and slinging it yeah and and honestly tank i think it's probably been his most impressive year to me um simply because of what he has been asked to do um and he's always been asked to do a lot but he's also had a lot more help in the past that was ready to contribute i think you're starting to see this offense 
that is more well-balanced and more ready to contribute and to help um, as you see some of these guys that we just mentioned continue to emerge. Um, now, has Sam had some, you know, that game at Virginia Tech was not a good game. No. Um, you know, would he like a couple of the ball security issues back in the Georgia Tech game? Absolutely. Um, but he has been asked to do so much for this team. Um, I'll mention that number again. I mean, 72%. That, that's, that's a ton. And you look at, uh, there was a number or a stat out there this week, and I may not get these exactly right, Tank, but it was David Hale, who does a good job covering the ACC, put this out. It was 2,100 or more passing yards with, through eight games, 550 rushing yards through eight games, and 25 touchdowns or more through eight games. Sam Hallis hit all of those benchmarks. The other guys to do that are Johnny Manziel in 2012 when he won the Heisman, Lamar Jackson in 2016 when he won the Heisman, Lamar Jackson the next year in 2017, and then Jalen Hurts uh, when he was with Oklahoma in 2019. I mean, those are incredibly successful college players. And for Sam to be in that conversation statistically should tell you the kind of work that he's been doing back there um, at that quarterback position. Right. A lot of the spotlight was put on Sam in the preseason. Uh, guilty played into that as well. Probably added to some of it about the, you know, the Heisman hype. Um, he's still putting up those kinds of numbers. The the problem is the team's not winning enough to have him in that conversation, and I think right. I think that's what that's one thing that you know people don't think about is like you're still putting up numbers, you're still getting points on the board for your team as the quarterback, and you're starting to you know or at least every other week at least for the last six games have been putting up wins for your team. It's just you're no longer on that Heisman scale when your team's four and four. No, not when you're 4-4 four and four and not when you lose the first game on a Friday night that everybody was looking at after hearing about you all offseason. Yeah, and then that that bad interception at the end, yeah. Sure, and, and, and here's the thing, Tank, that he might not even get an all-ACC team because the, the ACC is loaded with quarterbacks that have put up really impressive numbers. Brendan Armstrong from Virginia, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, Sam Hartman from Wake Forest, uh, Devin Leary at NC State, Sam Howe, you know, all five of those guys I think have a legitimate argument for being not just an all-ACC quarterback, one of the first three teams. I think you could argue that any one of them could be the first team quarterback just due to the, the statistical work that they have been able to do and put up this season. And so that, you know, there's going to be two really good quarterbacks out of that group of five that I just mentioned that, that don't get an all ACC recognition beyond honorable mention in the postseason. And so uh, it's just a, it, it is a busy year at that position in the conference as far as guys who are having terrific seasons. It is. And Sam Howell has, uh, he's right now, I think he's seventh in the ACC in rushing yards. And I was reading a stat this morning that if you took out the sack yardage, uh, and, you know, didn't ding him for the, the yards lost on the sacks, he'd be third in rushing yeah. yards. Yeah, it's impressive. And he's got the second largest, and I know we're just throwing stats at people, but yeah. he's got, I think it's 32 runs of 10 yards or more this year, which is the second most in the entire nation. Mm-hmm. So he's doing his part, and I think the good news for the Tar Heels is that some other guys are starting to do their part on a more consistent basis outside of Josh Downs and, and Ty Chandler. You're starting to get some other guys involved, which is really a positive. 
The, but having said all of that, Tank, you got to have a complete game, which is still what Carolina's looking for. And the Tar Heels, you know, if they're not any better defensively this week, the Wake Forest might hang 60 on them because yeah. Wake is so explosive offensively. And this was a game last year. Remember, that was 59-53. Mm-hmm. Carolina won it. So uh, it could be that type of game again um, unless there's some significant upgrade shown as far as what happens defensively. Yeah, well, I think, uh, what is it, Carolina, are they we're, uh, number one in scoring average and Wake's number two? I think I read that the yeah, earlier. Both teams, both teams can put up a lot of points, yeah. and they both are really explosive as far as they can get chunk yardage. And in fact, you know, just in in getting ready for Wake Forest this week, Tank, I think it's actually made me appreciate Carolina's Carolina's offense a little bit more as well, because when you look at all of these stats of the teams that have the most sixty yard plays, fifty yard plays, forty yard plays, thirty yard plays. Carolina's either in first or second in all those categories, and right up there is Wake Forest as well. I think the thing with Carolina is that standard was set so high by last year's offense, but it's worth remembering that was quite literally the best offense in school history. And so there's a reason why it was the best ever is that because it hadn't happened before. And so even though it's not quite to that level, Carolina's offense has really still been pretty darn good this year. And Wake Forest is right there step-for-step step with them as far as offensive production. Man, they've got that really unique RPO game where they hold the ball. You know, Sam Hartman, their, their excellent quarterback, will hold the ball at that mesh point, and they'll, they'll walk four. Sometimes he walks two or three yards with the running back, continuing to read the defense, and they really force you to play man-to-man on the outside against their really good receivers, and then they throw it up and, and, and believe that their guy's going to go get that 50-50 ball a lot more than your guy is. And that is, they've been very successful with that. Just watching some of their film this week, I mean, it's like a highlight tape when in that game against Army and game against Duke, and um, they're just bombing away almost every play it felt like. And they've got the guys that, that can make them successful. Well, what's Coach been saying about the uh, the defensive strategy this weekend or, or what, uh, you know, maybe some things that they're going to have to tweak or preach harder this week to keep those big plays in check? You know, I really do think, and this is going to sound boring, but I think a lot of it, particularly against this style of offense, is staying very disciplined and staring, staying very fundamental. It's not that different concept-wise from running like a triple option attack. Obviously, you're you're moving the ball in a different way, but the goal is to make the defense have to make a choice, read what choice they make, and then react off of that. And so you have to make sure, if you're a defender, that you're staying very sound to what you're supposed to be doing within the concept of your defense. You don't want to start going, hey, you know what, I'm just going to go get the ball if you're not supposed to in that particular call. And so it really does stress your discipline more than anything else. Now, it also stresses your physical ability because when you got A.T. Perry out there on the edge and he's 6'5 and can go up there and get a jump ball as good as anybody in the conference, you know, that's not easy to defend against no matter how disciplined you are. So there is a physical level to it, too, where you just need to play well. But I do think the discipline aspect is important this week. I think everybody would uh, would agree with that. This is uh, 
weirdly enough, a non-conference game uh, because you know Wake just didn't just didn't come around in the rotation with the split divisions, and they decided we can't we can't do this anymore. We have to play each other all the time, and that's a uh, you know a topic for another day. Uh, we we all wish that was something that could change. Having because I've always thought that this is this is one of the undersold rivalries in this conference. Well, it's the 109th time that they've played. You're talking about two schools that are an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half, whatever it is, from each other. I, I think it's I, – I understand why, but I just, it, does, it still doesn't make sense, if that, if that statement makes sense. Uh, th- these two teams should play each other. And um, I, I don't know moving forward, and you know, I don't know how the, uh, the alliance plays into that, if at all. Eventually, you know, you're scheduling how that changes – how many conference games? You know, are you going to add conference games for TV revenue? Yeah, you know, how does all those things look moving forward? But I, I do know that it's silly that Carolina and Wake Forest have to sign a home and home non-conference deal to play each other more than once every six years, and have each other, you know, have a home game against the other one once every twelve years. That that's crazy. And so hopefully they that. However, the schedule is massaged and how it looks moving forward here in the in the future, they can figure out a way that these two teams can see each other more often. Absolutely. Joe, Jones Angel, the voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels, joining us as he does every Thursday afternoon. We appreciate you doing that with us here. Uh, and go Tar Heels. You know it, Chang. Busy week coming up. we got basketball, the exhibition tomorrow night. Where, uh, that is available to our affiliates that don't have – uh, high school football conflicts will be on there at 6.30 for the exhibition matchup at 7.30. Then football is a noon kick. We're on the air at 11. Uh, and then Tuesday, we're doing it for real basketball-wise. First regular season game, Carolina hosting Loyola of Maryland in the Smith Center for the official start of the Hubert Davis era. So looking forward to a, a busy stretch here coming up. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, do you want to give us uh, who, who do we need to look out for in that first game? Basketball-wise, oh, yeah, basketball I, I really think it, it's going to be a fun year for Carolina, especially here at the beginning tank, just because I do think there are so many unknowns. Um, but here are some things I know for sure. Armando Baycott has looked really good for Carolina during this preseason. I think R.J. Davis and Caleb Love are ready to take some steps forward. Both those guys, of course, had solid freshman years, a little up and down, had some great moments, had some freshman moments. And all those transfers are going to play a role for the Tar Heels. Manic, uh, Brady Manic from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Dawson Garcia from Marquette, Justin McCoy from Virginia. These are guys that have played at a high level before and are ready to immediately come in and compete at a high level. So uh, it's an interesting mix of some uh, some key pieces that are brand new and then some key pieces that I think uh, you're going to see more out of than you saw a year ago. Mixing the fact that you got a brand new head coach and a uh, different feel, and probably doing some things a little differently out on the court, and um, it should be a really fun season. Yeah, and we're going to have some uh, tough non-conference matchups coming out to start the season with uh, uh, Purdue and Michigan and UCLA. It's another year of Carolina basketball. It's it's finally here, and so Tuesday night is the night opening up against uh, Loyola Maryland. That's right. Looking forward to that. And uh, busy, busy stretch. I think it's five games in eight days coming up between basketball, 
and football starting tomorrow. So uh, we're buckled up and ready to go. All right, uh, and we will hear you right here on ESPN Asheville. Jones, have a great one, and we will see you next time. Thanks, thanks. You're in the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. A market analysis. The Sportsocracy. You are just dumb with a bag of hammers. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. Yeah, we'll we'll wear it proudly uh, here in the Sportsocracy ESPN Asheville. And, of course, you can check us out at thesportsocracy.com. Join us on the YouTube stream. Hit the subscribe button. Get in on the, uh, on the chat conversation. You can even join our little merry band of misfits. Yep. Named. We still don't know. I, we're still, I we're still going back and to- forth. Well, we're called the sportsocracy. I think it has to be the House of Reprehensibles. I just, I do not see how that can be called anything else. I like that. The, it's uh, one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. The House of Reprehensibles. It just, it, okay, it just All right. fits. All right. uh, my, my first mock draft will be out tomorrow, yes. uh, as along with our week, what is it, week eight, week nine? Week nine. Week nine. Wow. Yeah, week nine previews. Time flies during football season. <laughs> and of course, tomorrow here on ESPN Asheville, we will be pe- playing Beat the Chief with Asheville Police Chief David Zach. Um, I'm going to gloat. You should. I'm going to. I'm going to gloat because I whipped y'all. I whipped y'all this week. Lions plus three and a half. Doesn't matter. That's all, look, Doesn't only matter. one of us had to eat a wad of wasabi. <laughs> so I, I'm going to take that as a win. You for stacked me. the deck against me, and you know what? I stepped up no. and I did my punishment, and no, I, I still beat you. I stacked the deck against no, you. you. Did. I think you, you did. stacked the, the, the deck against yourself. Uh huh. Because you were the one that went, the Lions have the better quarterback. Bingo. No. They have the better coach. Bingo. No. Then I think they're the better team. Well, they're not. Bingo. And they got beat 44 to 6. <laughs> Look, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Still went 3 and 1. That's fine. And I feel good about it. That's anyway, fine. we'll play Beat the Chief tomorrow with Asheville Police Chief David Zach. Do not miss it. We always have a lot of fun hanging out with the Chief and Beat the Chief always. Brought to you by Clarissa Marshall of VXP Realty. Check her out at ClarissaSellsWNC.com. We talk about historic starts to the NFL season. No one is doing it better than Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's been unbelievable. The connection that he has with Matthew Stafford has resulted in one of the best seasons in NFL history, or at least the best starts to a season in NFL history. He has 924 receiving yards and 10 touchdown catches. He is the first guy to do that in the team's first eight games since 1990. Name that wide receiver. 1990? Yeah. I I feel like Jerry Rice is the layup answer. Yes. Yeah. Jerry Rice. Of course it is. Of course it's Jerry Rice. Uh, in, In fact, there are only five guys that have done it all time. And if you could name any of the others... I will be super shocked. I promise you I can't. No. Don Hudson in 1942, Raymond Barry in 1951, and Crazy Legs Hirsch from 1960. 
Yeah, I would have gotten none of this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. We like playing these little games. I like to quiz Jeremy on these things. But when, but when it goes that far back, yeah, I stop nah. at leather helmets. Uh, when they wore leather helmets, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> Come on, I don't even feel like they were. They weren't. They weren't even wearing leather helmets in '42. Nah, probably were. Wouldn't know. Somebody still was. There nah, was still probably. one guy that's nah, still nah. holding on to the old ways of how we played football back then. Cooper Cup, though. Uh, didn't see that one coming. I can genuinely say neither did I. I thought Robert Woods would be the beneficiary mm-hmm. of uh, Matthew Stafford. But so far, he has not been. No, he hasn't been. Uh, so, um, good news for Dallas Cowboys fans. Dak Prescott, they've made the full announcement. Go. He's a full go. He will officially be back this week. Against the Denver Broncos. Tease and peace for the Denver Broncos. Oh, my gosh. Because you are going to get beat by a billion deep. Mm-hmm. That's one of those Waffle House games. Just scattered, smothered, and covered. Oh, that's not what I would call a Waffle House game. But, uh, okay. I think it is what I call a Waffle House game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear Waffle House, and I just immediately think 3 o'clock, making poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> making poor decisions. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Who's shocked that that's where your mind goes? Well, that's the only time I've ever been in a Waffle House. So, really, I see people sitting outside Waffle House at noon, and I go, "Why? Why are you doing that?" Because their waffles are good, I, and I don't dispute that. Maybe it's me, the guy that gets heartburned when he looks at anything. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. Uh, I I still say there's nothing quite like a patty melt sandwich from the Waffle House. It's one of my favorite little sins because it's so good <sighs> i'm still eating healthy oh that's right i, I forgot had, you had two salads today and you're not a very happy salad. person that was my snack that was that was fun <laughs> did have chicken in it though i was not uh, i was not anticipating that right all right let's get weird on the weird scale there's vegas there's florida and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. I love the fact that we have uh, several Canadans in the uh, in the YouTube stream right now. Because I've got a story for you coming out of Winnipeg. Winnipeg police, uh, what do we like to say? Don't do crimes, right? Don't do crimes. Winnipeg police uh, took two people into custody this past week when uh, they found them at an abandoned house, and they were... Not they didn't live there. Obviously, it's an abandoned house. Um, but the neighbors started smelling gas leaking from the house, and of course, they called authorities. Gas leaks not good for anybody. So they went to check it out. They go to the door. They see two people laying on the floor. Of course, they did the responsible thing and broke in, saved them. They were there to steal the furnace. Yeah, they were trying to steal the furnace out of this house. And when they dislodged the gas nozzle, it started leaking into the house. And they just passed right out, right there. Now, here's the hook of the story. They were taken into custody, taken downtown, questioned, no charges filed. I figure, I mean, if you've been gassed, that's a good enough penalty, I guess. That's not even kind of a thing. (laughs) Who knows what the story is, but anyhow, they broke, they entered, they attempted to... To, to to commit thievery 
Yeah, no charges. We'll just let you go on your merry way. Oh, God bless Canada. Okay, so I have to give two updates to a story that I told yesterday. Okay. So yesterday I mentioned that the lottery ticket people, uh, they're, they're not my favorite people. Yeah. Especially the ones to get behind in line. Uh-huh. Well, first update, I got behind one of those this morning. At karma. 7.05 That's karma in right the morning. There. It lasted for five solid minutes. Oh, no. To the point of, I finally had to say something and go, look, I haven't slept much. I'm a little on edge anyway, and I'm going to need you to go on about your way. (laughs) That's A. B, somebody (laughs) sent this to me. A Michigan woman said overhearing another store customer's complaints led her to buy the scratch-off lottery ticket that earned her a $500,000 jackpot. Somebody sent this to me. And it made me laugh aggressively. Mm-hmm. The winner was a 65-year-old Genesee County woman from Michigan, and she told Michigan Lottery officials she was at the Marathon gas station in Mount Morris when she overheard another, another customer complaining loudly about the lottery game. They were playing what's called the $500 Fever. Okay. Apparently, this is a scratcher ticket where they have random little instant $500 winners. And apparently, this person had bought copious numbers of tickets gone to their car scratched them all and they didn't win anything so this woman in line heard that and went wait you bought a lot of them and didn't win anything mm-hmm. i mean something good's probably going to happen right and bought a few and didn't even scratch them literally just scratched the barcode and handed them back to the to the clerk which by the way i did not know that was a thing mm-hmm, now that is. i know that's a thing it makes me even more irritable with the people that do this in front of me <laughs> Well, when they when she handed it to the clerk, it came back and said cannot be processed. Well, cannot be processed means one of two things. You got to go to the state capitol. There it is. <laughs> that's that's one of the two things it means. Right. Uh, the other is that you could have scratched the barcode, but scratched it. Realized it was a five hundred thousand dollar winner, and the only thing I could think as I read this story was, man, I would really like to have seen the face of the other person that oh, was complaining about glorious. this. Oh. You only bought 10? Well, I guess you should have bought 12. <laughs> like, did she stick her tongue out at her as I she's like, mm. I would have. <laughs> of I course you would have. That. I would have 100% done that. Mm-hmm. Probably, so the, probably followed by a limerick of some kind. So the woman came back into the store upset that she didn't win anything. Yes. And then the other woman went, hmm, ha. there's got to be a winner in there somewhere. You bought a bunch of those and won nothing. I believe I will. Wow. Don't don't complain at people that work at the gas station about lottery tickets. Yeah, okay? that's dumb. D- okay, just don't do that. It's like it's their fault. Yeah, it's like if you get a, a honey bun and it's not fresh enough for you. Well, it was probably made in 1986, so calm down. Who has has ever complained about a stale honey bun? Oh, you would be surprised. I think I just have this look uh, where people go, hey, you know what? I'm going to complain about something in front of him. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's my friendly face. I don't know. (laughs) Also, when people complain to me about things that I can't do anything about. Yeah. Oh, gas is too expensive. What do you want me to do? Rob the place? Like that? Why are you telling me? I don't care. I love talking to people. Mm-hmm. Complaining is something that I just don't do. I don't deal well with that. No, it's not worth it. Like using your honey bun example, uh, that has happened to me before. And you know what I did? I ate it. I went, oh, this honey bun's stale. Yeah, well, I didn't know a honey bun could on. go stale. Yeah, it can. 
They can. They're like, that's not even bread. Sure it's it is. dipped in glaze. Doesn't, well, that doesn't like, mean like it seals that, like, in the flavor. That, like fossilizes it, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it can. Uh, you eat it, you move on about your day, and guess what? Uh, it's not the store clerk's fault, and I'm not calling hostess to say, Hey, my honey bun was still. You need to send me a new one. You strike me as somebody that would do that. Not a chance. I will not complain about anything. Okay, I have to ask. There's, I've never asked you this question. Yeah. Are you a send food back in a, in a restaurant? Never. 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 It, it, you've never done it in your life? I think I did once. Just because I ordered something that didn't have fish and it tasted like fish. And I went, no, did, you, no, uh-uh. did you cook this with fish? Because this tastes like fish and it has no fish in it. And even at that point, I was like, ah, I... I really hate to be a bother here, but this is not good. Yeah, I'll and- have no idea. I order burgers in restaurants a lot, and I'll be honest with you, it could still have spots on it, and I won't send it back. No. I, I do not care. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Won't do it. No shot. I have never sent food back in my life. And you know why? Because I saw that movie with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it, it, that, that's part of it for me. The mm-hmm. other part is just, hey, you know what? It's gonna, it'll, it'll come back burnt. Like, if I say this is undercooked, it's going to come back burnt. <laughs> right. Like, no, if I go into a, first off, you should never have anything over uh, medium rare on a steak. But I've seen people do that all the time. Like, it's not cooked to my liking. I'm like, I'm going to eat it. I mean, if the manager comes by and says, how was everything? And I was like, well, the steak was a little overdone, but, I mean, it's still steak. See, I, I ate it. I won't even do that. <laughs> My answer, wonderful. Please keep going. I don't want, really want, <laughs> I don't want to, to talk to you. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you about Bennigan's. I just don't care. Right. Uh, no. The the only complaint I ever had in a uh, in a restaurant one time was I had to call the, I had to call the uh, manager over to tell him that I saw a rat crawl up the wall sweet yeah like hey uh i don't want to cause a problem and we'll cause a scene i just want to let you know that there's a i just saw a rat crawl up the wall and go into that little porthole it's probably not a good idea Hmm. you should probably call somebody (laughs) and they were very thankful they were like oh thank you for not making a scene because anybody else would have been like "Ah, i'm just not that guy i don't care i don't cause a scene in places i go my Amy and I eat out so often mm-hmm. that I just assume you know I don't want to know. Just okay, I'm just gonna eat it and we're good. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you put the wrong salad dressing on here. I don't I, care. I, I'm going to eat it. I do not care. I mean, unless it's got wasabi salad dressing on it, then I'm gonna have to send it back. And my salad earlier had avocado ranch. I had to make my own ranch. <laughs> the avocado. You had to make your own ranch. Yes. No. With you salsa. had to. It was a fiesta salad. It needed the oh, fiesta. Oh, it needed, it needed with the just zing. Ranch, with just ranch, there was no fiesta. <laughs> You're so I needed crazy. to add fiesta. I like, so you, I did. You made your own ranch. I told you there was a bottle of ranch in the fridge, yeah, and you and walked took, down there. That's I, not making it. And I took the ranch, and I put that on the salad, and then I threw some salsa on top of it, and I swirled it around with uh-huh. the included fork. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He made his own ranch. Interesting. Okay. Uh, college football coaching carousel. Let's talk about that for a little bit here uh, because, Jeremy, you've 
you know, you, you've been hearing that there are some top-notch names in line for yeah. this TCU job. I, well, I said, I don't remember what day this was. I think it was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Stop calling Kellen Moore. He's not taking your mediocre job. Uh-huh. Apparently, he's interested in the TCU job, and I can't wrap my brain around that to save my life. <laughs> and he's not the only one. Right. Apparently, Deion Sanders is interested in this job, too. I had heard Dion at USC. That I get. Why in the world would you want to be the head coach at TCU? Who would not want to be the head coach of the best team and the best program in an, in their conference? Well, they're not. When Texas and Oklahoma leave. Yeah, you've said Cincinnati and BYU wrong, but okay. Oh, I, stop. I, I've never heard TCU spelled BYU. I, that's a new one. <laughs> you think immediately they, they come in and they will be the best program in the Big Absolutely 12? Absolutely they will. Absolutely, they will. Because here, see, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. This is the thing I don't understand. All right, so Oklahoma and Texas leave. What do you think that does to recruiting in the Big Twelve? Well, you don't have the state of Texas anymore. You have Texas, Texas Tech, and Baylor. Uh, okay. That's the Arby's riblet sandwich compared to the McRib. So you think every going to do that? So you think way. once you know once those two programs leave the Big Twelve, no players will ever want to go back to the Big Twelve. It's not nobody, but you're not going to get the high end players because if I'm a high end player in Texas, it, who would I want to beat? Who did I grow up either loving or hating? Mm-hmm. Oklahoma or Texas? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can go to LSU now and do that. I, I go to LSU and play Oklahoma every year, mm-hmm. or I can go to Alabama and play Texas every year. Why would I want to go to Texas Tech? How much? So I can play BYU? I don't right. care. Everybody's on television. None of that matters. Mm-hmm. So you think there are a lot of recruits that are going to TCU now that are going there? I say a big reason they wanted to go there was because they're going to play Texas or Oklahoma. You, that's part of it. Okay. Because they were a Texas kid that got slighted and didn't get recruited by the two of them. Mm-hmm. Well, now I can do that at Ole Miss. And play for Lane Kiffin. Why in the world would I want to play at TCU? And have to travel to Cincinnati and West Virginia. I love West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, awful time to it. <laughs> right. But why would I want to do that? The travel's a nightmare. <laughs> and you look at all the ways that, that this college football realignment's gone. I'm telling you right now, travel now means nothing. Mm-hmm. Conference USA is literally going to be Conference USA. They're going to have teams all over the country. Mm -hmm. And so I just look at the Big 12 and go, you're not really a Power 5 school. You're not really a Power 5 conference anymore. The best team in your conference can't be Cincinnati and you be a Power 5. Why not? Uh, The same reason we talked about for 45 minutes yesterday. Because Cincinnati would get scattered, smothered, and covered by virtually every team in the SEC. But now as Cincinnati comes in and week in and week out, they still have to play Oklahoma State and TCU and, here's the thing, and Cincinnati Baylor. Cincinnati currently gets filler from Ohio State mm-hmm. and all those kids that wanted to play at Big Ten schools. Mm-hmm. Well, now your conference schedule is against TCU, Baylor, and Texas Tech. Why would I want to do that? My parents live in Ohio. So now the only games that they can ever see are home games? I don't want to do that. I have had m- multiple kids that got recruited. Parents tell me this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one of the things that factored in, where are they going to play road games? Because let's say you're from Atlanta and you go to Ole Miss. Well, you still know, well, Georgia could come. 
you could play Georgia at right. any given time. Right. So then you wind up playing in Athens, which is close to us. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to travel across the country? It doesn't make any sense. And now the Big 12 is going to be spread across three quarters of the United States. Mm-hmm. You're going to play conference games in Utah and West Virginia and Iowa. Mm-hmm. There's no appeal to that. You're still in a Power 5 conference. Uh, in name only. But they're not going to lose that. They're not going to lose that, and you're going to have the ability to be, you know, Pac-12 South. Well, and that's why we wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I think you are. I think there is a seismic shift coming where there's three power conferences. Okay, so they'll just go, what, Big Ten, SEC, ACC? Yep, and, and that's the it. ACC will get shuffled out reasonably often. You don't think the whole alliance thing is going to... It means nothing. Going to keep things status quo? They told you that's irrelevant. But here's what's going to happen. The SEC, the playoffs gonna exp- is going to expand. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to stop that. Mm-hmm. And I would say it goes to eight. There's been talk of 12, but there's just so much opposition to 12 that I don't know that that's going to happen. At least not at first. Right. Might happen in time. Might end up at 16 over time. But the SEC is getting three of those teams every single year. Yes. The Big Ten's going to get at least one, usually two. Mm-hmm. So now you're, how exactly is that going to work? You won't do this for long where you, oh, USC won the Pac 12. Cool. They're the eight seed. Mm-hmm. They go in and play Alabama and get beat by 60. Mm-hmm. And the overnight number on that dips every five minutes. They're not going to do that for long. This is all built to make money. They're not going to do anything. Plus, you still got to do something with a group of five. I mean, not to me. No. To me, you, okay, you, you can go play in the Peach Bowl. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And maybe once in a blue moon, one of those group group of five schools will come up with a first-round victory. And yay, we'll throw our little party, and then we're just going to end up with the same four teams in the, in the Final <laughs> Four every year like we do now. Uh, I understand your... Uh, what's the word? Derision? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you, you doubting that TCU is an attractive job. But here's the thing. With the realignment, TCU is going to be one of the quote-unquote big money programs in the Big 12. And that's whatever's left of, of the Big point. 12. And they've also seen TCU the way that they've handled Gary Patterson. Now, the end obviously did not That's go well. That's the other part of this. The end, you fired him on a Sunday night at 9 o'clock after he'd been there for 20 years. Right, but I think it's the fact that he was there for 20 years that they went, hmm, well, I mean, this could be a place where I'm not going to go, and in three years, if I don't meet their standards, if I don't start winning 10 games a year, then I'm going to be out. But here's the thing. You're in a lesser Big 12. You don't have Texas and Oklahoma anymore. The chances that you start winning 10 games a year, it's going to be pretty good. So the money's good. I'm going to be in a conference that I can win and hopefully routinely win. And I'm in Texas where there's a lot of there's a lot of guys to recruit in Texas. And TCU's been pretty darn good on the recruiting trail. Gary Patterson has built a name for TCU in Texas. It's not Texas. It's not Texas A&M, but it's still pretty good. You you said, oh, they were, you know, I'll be safe at TCU. Yeah. This is the first time they could have ever fired him. 
They fired him the first shot they got. They could have fired him two years ago? How? He had just gone 11-3. and three. He hasn't gone more than two years without double-digit victories in 20 years. <laughs> this is the first time that's ever happened, and you literally didn't even let him finish the season. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons that I don't think it's all over. He was what? He was four and or what? He was seven and six in eighteen, five and seven in nineteen. Of course, last year was the coronavirus year. They weren't yeah. going to fire anybody in that no. year. But I mean, this is the first time he's gone more than two years. It's yeah. the first time he's gone more than back to back years without a ten win season. You never had a shot to do it until now. That's true. And then you fired him in the middle of the night. And literally, the, the the coaches you were chasing were reported as soon as you fired him. Mm-hmm. That comes from somewhere. Uh, it's probably been building since 2019. Since midway through that 5-7 and seven season, they probably started saying, you know what, maybe we need to start. Well, if I remember correctly, they started that year really well. Mm-hmm. This came off the rails because they've had two quarterbacks that couldn't stay healthy. Maybe so. And then he had that weird somebody hit Jerry Kill with a stick or whatever it was mm-hmm. that he said at, at Colorado, and basically it was proven to be completely right. a fabrication. But, I mean, again, after 20 years, does do you not get to a point where, you know what, maybe it's time for a change? With Gary Patterson, I think he should have been able to set his own exit terms. I, I agree with you. I'm not saying what they did was right, but what I'm saying is another coach is going to look at that and go, there's going to be some leeway there for me. Mm. And not really how I saw that. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. I'm just looking Jets at plus it going, seven. Lions <laughs> plus three and a half. <laughs> I'm just looking at this going, you fired Gary Patterson. Why? To hire Sonny Dykes because his dad was the greatest coach in program history? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean that same guy that got fired at California after two years? Oh, that that's that's the savior of the program. Okay. Well, maybe it's Kellen Moore. I, st- I, I will not believe that until I see it. I've had it literally confirmed that he's interested in the job, Mm -hmm. and I still don't believe it. Yeah. I mean, you would think Kellen Moore would be, he is on the short list for an NFL head coaching job. Yeah, and my problem with that is that he just completely blew out Boise State. Mm -hmm. Boise State chased him, and he just went, nope, not interested. And now you're going to be interested in TCU? I would say there's way better of an opportunity but you at TCU. Went to Boise State. Well, I get that. You'd be a legend at Boise State. Right. But and, maybe and that was a way, conversation of, hey, can you get into the Big 12? And they went, no, nah, probably not. And he was like, okay, I'm done. By the way, you want to talk about a program with some leeway? Do you know it's been over 30 years since Boise State fired a coach? They have not fired a head coach in 30 years. Because they keep winning and yeah, getting bigger and getting jobs. Bigger jobs. Yeah. That's was kind of my point. But. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed, the official craft beer of the Asheville Championship. Drink different, drink The Sportsocracy. I suck, son. I suck. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why is DJ Moore trending? I have no idea. Oh, no, no. I try to stay away from Twitter. Bad things happen to me when I go to Twitter. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I'm just I'm just looking. I'm hoping that it's not some kind of an injury in practice today. Um, anyhow, if we find out, we'll let you know. I can't. Uh, there's there's no like breaking news on it. I just clicked on what's trending, and it's a DJ Moore. And I thought, oh no, not again. Not another hurdle for the Carolina Panthers to have to overcome. Revenge game, though, this weekend for Stephon Gilmore. And I, I, I like Carolina in this game. I really do. I do, too. I do, too, and and, and maybe that will turn some people off, knowing just, that I'm on their side. I, I just can't, I can't get away from... I, I feel like this team is better than they have played, and I don't believe in New England at all. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a fun weekend, though. Oh, no, I was looking looks... down the slate, looking at the college, looking at the the NFL. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of sneaky, interesting games this week. Like what? I I don't know off the top of my okay. head. Okay, I, I, I mean, thought you just had of, one in mind. That was a broad scale. I mean, we'll talk about them tomorrow. I mean, Texas A and M uh, and and Auburn. Yep, that's not one I was. I talking think that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, it's not one. I was it's going to be a fun game for Texas A and M. Hey, two teams that can't score. This will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! It'll be good for you to to see your your new defensive star, Demarvin Leal. Yeah, uh, tomorrow my first mock draft will be mm-hmm. out on YouTube. Uh, our game recap or our game previews for Week Nine will be out on YouTube as well. But looking forward to talking some draft. Yeah, so, we haven't done we, that. We've waited entirely too long to do draft things, and I know some people would go, "Oh, there's still nine weeks left in the season." Yeah, but there's a lot of teams like mine who are terrible and have two top ten picks. That's the only thing that keeping me from not being really sad right now. Oh yeah. Well, that and Tom Brady two point Yeah, Mike White. And uh, the fact we found our own Tom Brady that that makes me happy. And you think uh, you think Mike White's going to be able to lead you guys to a victory tonight? You know, I, I don't think we're going to win this game. I I want to think we're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. But see, the Jets have done that Charlie Brown thing to me so many times that I'm, you know, okay, I'm going to have to see it. I'm going to do it for you. No, no, no. There is no shot. Oh. There is no shot that the New York Jets beat the Indianapolis Colts tonight. Go to (laughs) betus.com right now. Use promo code SPORTSOCRACY. I don't know how long the Tate Spencer kiss of death will last. Go right now. Use promo code SPORTSOCRACY and all Jets plus 10. If you're really bold, go Jets Moneyline. It is that vicious of a curse. Uh, Yeah, it is. Anyway, we will play Beat the Chief tomorrow here on ESPN Asheville. Join us at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. We'll be doing mock draft. Jeremy's first of the the season go to the sportsocracy.com